All right, hello. Welcome to the Pacer Pod. How's everybody doing? Hopefully very, very good. I am doing very well. I am doing very well. I am ready to talk about this Pacers team and quite the start we've had so far. Um, I'd say A+. Plus as far as expectations going into the season being met, like, when I looked at the season, like, I mean, for me, what stands out so far are, are you know, the Pacers are 6-3 and three at time of recording. I believe that's good enough for, like, third in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, we're getting close, like, an eighth or a ninth of the way through the season. So it's still early on. Um, definitely don't want to be too... I don't want to lose our minds um, and think that we're just guaranteed home court advantage in the playoffs at this point. Um, but enough that you can start to get a feel for where, like, what we have. Um, and boom, A+. Plus. I mean, it's incredible. Watching the Pacers team is absolutely insane how much fun it is. It's like the very first... The very first quarter that Tyrese Halliburton played as a Pacer, the year we traded for him... That very first quarter, I think, if my memory serves me right, it was against the Cavaliers. And we had a couple alley-oops. I think the Pacers put up 40. And that was just like a, oh, my God, this is so much fun. I still remember that feeling of when the era shifted. And this season has just been like, we're basically averaging 40 a quarter. I mean, this team is number one in uh, points per game in the NBA. I think we play at the fastest pace. We have the highest amount of assists. Um, I think, and I, we are the, so it's, I, yeah, this is very interesting. We had the, the highest assists per game and also the third best turnovers per game. So only two other teams turn the ball over more or less, excuse me, less than the Pacers. So really good. I mean, you're talking, that's like, incredible assist to turnover ratio as a team if you're leading the league in assists and your turnovers are you know third that's incredible I could have believed that um but you know the play backs it up the ball's just whipping around they are just Tyre okay Tyrese Halliburton you know he's just been he's taken another jump last year he made the jump to an all-star this year, he's making the jump to all NBA. He, at the, I mean, there's a, there, I, I would never say like, I would expect this, but like, he's putting up like MVP type numbers. If it, it's not this year, but like, you could make, like, it's, it wouldn't be out of this world to suggest at, at this point that like in Tyrese Halliburton's career, like he could grab an MVP. If the Pacers are winning, if the Pacers are like making Eastern Conference finals, um, you know, winning a championship or something. Like, Tyrese is starting to get a lot of street cred. I think an all-NBA at this point, he would probably be on. If, they, if everybody voted right now, I'm sure Halliburton would be on all-NBA. And I would imagine maybe even, like, first or, first or second team. That's how good he's been playing. He's putting up ridiculous numbers. Um, I got him. He's basically 23.5 points, 11.5 assists, which is leading the league. 
four and a half rebounds on 50% from the field, 40% from three, 94% from the free throw line. You know, that's basically three more points than last year, one assist, one rebound, and percentages are better. And like I said, only nine games, but minutes-wise, Tyrese is averaging 32 this year. Last year, he actually averaged 33. So he's doing all this, um, you know, in one less minute, you know, just based off of those those stats. And that just goes to show how how well this offense is humming. I mean, he's got this thing running like an Indy 500 car. I mean, he is a relentless pace pusher. I, it's absolutely... Uh, it's so much fun to watch Tyrese play because he's always clapping for the ball. Sometimes he'll just grab the ball, take it out himself, pass it in so we can get it right back. He, he's just always looking to push, always looking to get an easy, good look. And he's such a joy to watch. And um, man, it's like this Tyrese Halliburton era has has been very exciting so far. And it feels like we're starting to get, they're starting to show us a little something. They're starting, they're starting to show us a little something. Like, we're far, far away from a lottery team, in, like in the draft anymore. We're not, we're not picking top 10. Uh, this, team, this team's going to win some games. Um, I guess, yeah, so just a little bit more on, on Tyrese. Like, his free throw attempts are up from last year. He's got a better assist-to-turnover ratio than he did last year. And he's shooting uh, about one and a half more times per game. So it just goes to show he's making a jump. He is um, by far the best player on our team at this point in time. Um, And we're so happy to have Tyrese Halliburton lead this team. It's just awesome. Uh, Okay. The next guy I, I want to talk about as we start the season is Benedict Matherin. And I have, um, I think I've been extremely bullish on Benedict Matherin ever since uh, the draft. I wanted Matherin. Just honestly, I saw a few Arizona highlights and I saw him dunk the ball a couple times and the way he shot the three, uh, just based off of that alone and just his like presence and his physicality I was like okay I want the Pacers to get this guy with the sixth pick and then just watching him I thought man this guy's got this guy could be really really good and uh so it's been a while since I've had a podcast the last podcast I recorded was after the draft we had got Jairus Walker but I did not um it was right before summer league so uh I think my the the love uh all my like Benedict Matherin stock, I had my first real caution flag during the summer league where I thought, man, maybe, cause I got really high on um, Goga Vitaze. <laughs> that was really, that was a really bad mistake. And I know that I just kind of get emotional about rookies. I just like, I just imagine the best case scenario happening. Anyways, so Watching Summer League with Matherin, and I know this has been a long time ago, but like the very first game, the very first quarter, uh, Matherin was out there and he had four or five turnovers in the first quarter. And they were all where he was just, he's catching the ball. He's driving straight to the rim with blinders on. He's looking for bailouts from the refs, talking so much crap to the refs. 
And on like he, I don't know if he even passed the ball in that first quarter. It was like he was trying so hard to score, and it looked a lot like the like the which we liked in the first season as a rookie. But then going into the second year, you know, we're looking for more. And I thought that first quarter of the of the uh, preseason or sorry summer league first game, it was really bad. And he ended up averaging twenty two over the two games that he played in the summer league. And in the second game, I definitely saw him pass the ball a lot more and he started to show a little bit of something. But overall, after the summer league, I remember just having a a little worry about Benedict Matherin, the fit on the team long-term. And I mean, I wasn't thinking anything crazy like, oh, we need to get rid of him or something, but I was just, a little bit of doubt was creeping into my mind. And then the first... I, my my hope and pray, I hope and pray that my all-time low on Benedict Matherin came on uh, November 6th against the Spurs. And this was seven games into the season that we're currently in. So, and, you know, Matherin was off to a shaky start, not just because the points were down. Um, I just felt like he wasn't getting nearly enough uh, field goal attempts. I think he was maybe averaging like 10 or so. Um, what was I saying there? Just this, the, it's it, okay. Yeah, this that he was off to a rough start, and I noticed whenever. So I was able to go to uh, the fir- the Cleveland Cavaliers game in Indianapolis and the Hornets game, which was the next night in Indianapolis. And in both of those games, I think Mavern, I think he had five assists in both of the games, which was really nice, um, but. I think he might have had five points in one of the games and eight in the other. And he didn't finish the games, I remember. So, like, he's starting this year. But they were going, like, Rick Carlisle was going with, like, Rick, or, uh, uh, Aaron Neesmith and maybe um, uh, maybe Andrew Nimhard. I, I don't remember exactly. But I know Matherin and Toppin were on the, kind of on the bench to finish those games. And I was just watching, um, you know, Matherin's body language and just like the way, you know, and sometimes he's he was really engaged, but just in those two games particularly, um, you know, like it's during a timeout, he, he kind of seems like he's, like you just watch and he's not really dapping up any of the players, like everybody's constantly giving high fives. And it just, you know, I'm watching Mather and I'm just not seeing a whole lot of it, which fine, not everybody needs to be like TJ McConnell. I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's just something that as I'm watching and I'm thinking, okay, he's probably like, it feels like it's been a letdown so far to this point in the season. Obviously it's still early, but th- he's struggling. And uh, I think then what we've had, so this is, I'm recording this on Saturday, um, November 11th, and the Pacers play Philadelphia tomorrow. And, th- but the two games prior against uh, Utah Jazz and uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, Matherin, Matherin looked so good, so, so good. And it wasn't necessarily anything that seemed too fluky. Like, I think this is something that he can keep doing. It's not like, I mean, he shot the ball well from three. I think he was four of seven one game and three of seven the next. But, you know, it's not like he just had a crazy hot couple nights 
you know, where he hit seven or eight threes or something, which that would be awesome too. But um, I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at is I, I hope that we've, you know, that he's starting to get some traction. And I don't, I don't think he needs to, he's not going to average 10 boards a night. But the fact that he's, you know, these past two games, he got nine rebounds and 11 rebounds. Um, and, and I've noticed, like, he's crashing the glass, especially on the offensive end, uh, really, really well lately. And that's something he did talk about, I think it might have been after this Milwaukee Bucks game, of just how, you know, he's kind of making an effort to, to crash back and, and try to get those rebounds because he is really strong and he's a good leaper and it's, it's a great asset for our team. I mean, it really helps to, because like, you know, Halliburton's not like going to be a great re- physical rebounder um, and turn, that's not Turner's forte. Um, so we just need guys like to have our, our two guard in Matherin, you know, be able to be an above average rebounder for his position. I think is a nice skill to have pairing with uh, with Tyrese Halliburton. Um, what else? What else here about Matherin? Okay, yeah, so basically, that was my all-time low, was after that Spurs game. Now I'm just full back, I'm back full on, no doubt about it, no more worrying. Um, and one thing that stood out to me, I was watching the Bucks game, which was an amazing, amazing game as a Pacers fan. And uh, Quinn Buckner said, uh, he, he was talking about Benedict Matherin and, you know, how he's starting to get a better feel for his all around game. And Quinn Buckner said he's, you know, he's starting to be he's starting to be part of his flow. So the, the, the all, this type of game is starting to become natural to Matherin. And we're, the last two games definitely looked like it. I mean, he looked so engaged on both ends. I mean, it was, he was celebrating other, he was celebrating his teammates for stuff that they did. He was, he was just like, you know, it's just like night and day compared to what I saw against Charlotte and um, uh, the other Cavs. So I don't know. I think that was interesting. Also, Rick Carlisle mentioned it in a press game conference, post game conference as well, that, uh, you know, Ben's had to make some sacrifices but he's, you know, maybe starting to feel his, uh, get a better feel for what his role is and where his spots are and, and how we need him to play. And so it's only two games that have been really awesome, but some things that, like, so it hasn't been all bad before the last two. I mean, Matherin definitely is passing the ball more. Last year, he only had two games where he had five or more assists, and this year he's already had three games with five or more assists. And it's, it's obvious and it's much he That's a big, that's, that's part of why this Pacers offense is doing as well as it is, is, you know, uh, Matherin is moving the ball. He's not, he's not stopping it and stopping the flow of the offense. He's, he's keeping, he's keeping the energy balanced. And, um, so I've just really, I just, the last two games have just been a Matherin, uh, love fest it's 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 been absolutely it's to me honestly as good as Tyrese Halliburton is and has been it's like this year I just really want to see Matherin be awesome I I because we know Tyrese is awesome we know Tyrese is awesome like I want to see Matherin take a huge jump this year and uh these last two games 
would be exactly what I'm thinking. Um, I remember I was I, I, w- I was looking back a little bit from the last podcast I did, and I had asked the question of uh, like what what does this Pacers team look like if they uh, make the playoffs, and what would they look like if they were able to win a series in the playoffs? And so the kind of like the goalposts were moved back further for winning a series, obviously. And one of the things that I had put in there was could Matherin take a jump to averaging and I threw, you know, I put in like 22 points, five rebounds and three assists. I thought that would be like a really, really awesome jump. Um, the points are probably a little high. I would say, I, I think Matherin's probably going to end up, you know, I maybe like maybe what he averaged last year, which was about 17, 16.7, I think was his, his average. So maybe he gets up to 17 or, right around there, but we got so many guys to feed. Um, if Matherin can get his points just to like 16, 17, um, and have the efficiency be better, and then also the uptick in the rebounds and assists, and just the way that he's been playing defense, um, that can be a huge, that would be, that would be a huge win for the Pacers this year. A, a Matherin, a big Matherin jump, and, and just giving us, because it's like, if he can improve in all these areas this year, we can anticipate more improvement in these areas next year. And the following year, as he continues to, you know, acclimate himself and develop his skills in the NBA game. And the thing that we love about Matherin in the first place, he's a, he's a, he's a killer. He, is, he's, he believes he's the best player in the league. Like, he's going to be the best player in the league, according to him. Like, this is... Like, that's what he thinks. And uh, I'm all for it. Let's go. Sign me up. Uh, and, and him and Matherin, or him and Halliburton, it's like, that's what I just, I really want to see more of. I don't feel like we've quite got that yet. These past two games were close because of how engaged Matherin was. But just those Halliburton and, and Matherin developing a chemistry that, starts to feel more one-two punchy would be um, would be welcomed from me as a fan. I would love to see those two guys start to hit it off um, more. Uh, so, okay. That, so there we go. I, I, I talked about Matherin as like an all-time low for me, and now we're back up in the heavens after, after two games. Um, and now, but now just to kind of bring it back down just a little bit into, into reality, it's like, is this, I could see this being a roller coaster type year for, for Matherin because if, if he starts to play bad again or has a bad game or like, there's so many guys on this team that, I guess what am I trying to say? It's like, there's a chance that he doesn't, play as well as he did the the, la- the last two games, th- those might end up being like two of his top five games of the year. And if that's the case, it's like, okay, we'll, we'll you know, kind of lower, lower the expecta- expectations a little bit here. Um, but what I'm hoping to see is just, I want to see some separation because I feel like right now it's kind of like Matherin, Bruce Brown, Buddy Heald, Andrew Nimhard, like 
it feels like Rick Carlisle is going to roll at the end of the game with who's ever playing the best out of that group. Um, and so if Matherin's not having a great game, if he's only got, you know, say seven points in the fourth quarter, heading into the fourth quarter, and he's not really, he's getting beat on defense a little bit, and, and Buddy's hit four or five threes that game, and he rolls with Buddy at the end of the game, and Matherin's sitting there, and if the Pacers lose, that's, that's the whole thing. This is, this was, this is my biggest concern about this team. Because there's so much depth, the, the, and not everybody's going to be able to get get what they need as far as statistics. Um, I think outside of Tyrese Halliburton, I feel like everybody on the team, maybe Miles Turner, um, outside of Miles and, and Tyrese, I, I don't I, I don't think anybody. I think everybody's going to take a little hit statistically just because there's so many guys that. Are, are scoring the basketball and can score and, and should score. Um, I, I took a tangent there and, oh, I was, I, what I was saying about uh, Nimhard and Heald and Matherin and um, Bruce Brown was just that I want to see Matherin separate himself throughout by the end of the season from those guys where it's like he's going to be in the game at the end of the game no matter what. The way that Tyrese is, the way that Miles is, barring you know, barring he's fouled out of the game, like I would like to see Benedict finish every single game and kind of separate himself from that pack of players. As much as I love every single one of those players, I love this entire team. Honestly, there's not I honestly I don't think there's one guy that is frustrating for me to watch. Like, and that's just. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Everybody's just been so good. Even whenever the guys that aren't getting the play come in, they're producing too. Um, but yeah, like with this team, the depth, the only way that, I, I think the only way that we can keep happy, that we can keep everybody happy is if, if we continue to win. We have to win. I think we have to be a top, I think we have to be a top six seed at the minimum. Um, to, to keep everyone satisfied um, and, the, and the vibe's good on the team. Because I'm afraid if we start to get in that play-in range, I don't know, you just start to think, are we really that good? But if you're your top six for sure, then and, and it's happening this year, I think we can feel, I think those guys would definitely feel like, all right, this, is, this has been a very successful season um, for us. And I know I'm not getting as many looks as I would like, but we're winning and we're a team and, uh, I'm on board for it. Uh, you know, so right now it's like, it's been a nine man rotation and I'm just going to run through these numbers real quick on the guys who are part of that nine-man rotation and the minutes that they've averaged so far, nine games into the season. You got Tyrese at 33, Benedict at 25, Bruce at 31, Obi at 21, Miles at 27, Neesmith at 24, Nimhard at 20, Buddy at 23, Jalen Smith at 18. And all nine of, all nine of those players uh, are having fantastic seasons at 
because, you know, the Pacers are winning games. And it's hard to argue. Um, so, okay. So I, I, I think right now, like the player that's probably just been the, 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 the maybe a little disappointing is, is just like Obi Toppin at that starting power forward position. It just doesn't, as of right now, it doesn't feel like that thing's really taken off yet. Like Obi gives you stuff all game long. I like Obi as a player as far as like he's, he gets easy buckets. Those, those transition leak outs are nice. Um, you just, I mean, you know, he feels just a little below average on the defensive end and, and rebounding for the position doesn't feel, you know, quite up to snuff at this point. And it just, to me, that feels, if you're looking at the starting lineup, like that feels like the one that I'd be curious if that's what we're rolling with in the playoffs this year, uh, if that's where we end up. And I think you got to look at probably at this point, Aaron Neesmith, maybe taking on that spot. Uh, he's looked so good this year so far, and um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I, I We'll see. I'm not calling for a change of starting lineup by any means. Uh, just looking at these are the nine guys. Um, and then I want to take, like, there's a huge sacrifice that's going on because, you know, we've got 15 guys on this roster, and only nine of them, you know, are walking into every game knowing that they're going to get they're going to get on the court. So there's six guys here that are that are not getting playing time. And they're NBA players, like you know, um that's not going to be an easy thing to to deal with. You got TJ McConnell um and Daniel Tice, you know, two vets in this league that are good enough to play. Um, I, I saw something a few days ago or a week ago or so about Tice, you know, not being happy, not seeing the floor. Um, I think McConnell, you know, he is, uh, he, he's engaged hundred percent still. Um, but it's hard not to see him get minutes cause he's a good player. Um, I don't know. McConnell, it's like, I, he, I, he's in a different situation than Tice, like, because McConnell, McConnell's not that buried. Like, he's probably the next guy that plays out of the six right now, where Tice is probably the last guy that plays. But point being, the sacrifice that, this, that, that these guys are making for the team, they're not getting, they're getting DNPs if everything goes as planned um, with this nine-man rotation. Um, and... You know, TJ McConnell, he's only, he's got a partial contract guaranteed for next year. Um, Tice has a team option where it's just like, it doesn't really seem like the Pacers would probably pick that up. So these guys, they want to be playing. They're vets. Um, they want another contract. No question about it, right? And, you know, they're good enough to be playing. So to have those two guys not get any minutes on your team, especially this young of a team, um, look, I'm fine with it, but it's got to be hard. For those guys. Then you got Jairus Walker and Ben Shepard, first round picks. Both of the guys looked very promising in the summer league. This is the hardest one for me. Like it's very hard knowing like not seeing Jairus Walker play. I mean, he was like our he was our seventh pick, you know, like he 
I know he got drafted eighth, but like we had the seventh pick and we got we ended up with Jairus Walker. And he looked great. Like in the summer league, I was stoked after watching Walker. I think he he brings something that that we don't have on this team. His combination of size and athleticism and playmaking um, and instincts, just like if I'm looking ahead three years, or I mean, I would like to see it sooner, but you know, if all goes well, like wouldn't you imagine Jairus Walker being our starting power forward? Um, that's why it's really hard. It's honestly, it's frustrating, but like, I know it's, we're winning games. We're third in the East. So it's like, I'm not going to, I don't know what Jairus Walker looks like in, in, in practice. And, uh, you know, he, he needs to earn his minutes. So, but I would, it's hard not seeing Jairus Walker play. Um, yeah. And, and Ben Shepard is much easier and that's no slight on Ben Shepard because I'm interested for sure. Um, it's just like, well, you know, pay your dues a little bit. We got a good team and these guys are, these guys are probably better than you right now. Um, so that's, that's, that's tough. And that's gotta be hard on Jairus and Ben Shepard, right? To not be getting any run. I wonder if they'll send those guys down for the, like to the Mad Ants, which, uh, if they do, you know, it's probably not where you would imagine you'd play as the seventh, you know, seventh pick. Um, but dominate, right? Like just dominate and make it so that you have to get minutes in the NBA. That's what we hope to see. And there's no shame. There's no shame in that route if that's what ends up happening. Um, but we'll see. Um, it's early in the season. You know, you, you know you're going to bump into some injuries uh, at some point in time. You just hope they're, they're minimal and that we can kind of roll through them and it's nothing crazy. Uh, and so maybe something happens and all of a sudden Jairus is starting to get minutes. And, and it changes just like that. So that's, that's why he's got, you know, they just got to be ready and stay, stay in it. But once again, they're not getting consistent run. It's got to be tough. And then to round it out, you got Ijax, who has a team option for next year. I, I, I believe it hasn't been picked up yet by the Pacers. So if you're not getting any minutes, like, is it safe to assume that your team's going to bring you back next year? And Jordan Wara, you know, he's got nothing on the books for next season. He's looking for a job. Um, those two guys, I mean, like all six of those players, right? Like they, they went into this season like wanting to be on the court. And, and as of right now, they're, they're not getting on the court. So that just feels like there's a high probability that like things could go sour, especially if we start losing some games uh but if we keep winning winning cures all so we, we just hope that that's that's the route we end up taking here um yeah individual stats are going to be hard to come by i think for everybody but miles and, and and tyrese right now miles is averaging 17 a night tyrese is getting 24 basically and we've got seven guys between eight and a half and 14 points, which is actually pretty incredible because let's, you know, our ninth highest scorer, so the ninth, ninth guy in that nine man rotation is averaging eight and a half points a game. So we almost averaged nine guys in double figures. It's incredible. I mean, what a, I, I, I don't think there's, it helps that we're scoring so many points, 
Um, but it doesn't feel fluky. I mean, this, this offense hums, and there's a lot of weapons. There's a lot of shooters. Um, it's just it's been phenomenal. Uh, and it is hard to guard. I mean, if you've got nine guys in double figures, that's a lot of, that's a lot of weapons out there. Um, I've really, really, really appreciated this year Miles Turner. It feels good. Uh, after the contract extension last year, I jumped fully back on the Miles Turner bandwagon, and it's very, very nice. It's very comfortable. Um, Miles is just he's shooting the ball so well this year, and, and it just looks so good. It's so pure. At the two games I was at, Charlotte and Cleveland, it's like when he shoots it, it's, it looks like it's, it's just a beautiful rainbow, and then it's just nothing but net. And just his, his release point, so high, it's just a beautiful-looking shot. He's knocking it down at 40% clip. Um, I know, he, you know, we got prime Miles Turner right now. He's in his ninth season, 27 years old. This guy's ready to win. I think it's uh, he's in the perfect position where Tyrese, number one, Tyrese really helps Miles' game out a ton. He's huge. He benefits benef, benefits greatly from playing with Tyrese as a point guard, and Tyrese is the is the face of the franchise. So Miles doesn't have to carry number one type pressure. He gets to focus on the defense, which is you know his shot blocking ability and and altering shots and you know just his his ability to deter guys from coming into the paint and think twice about when they're shooting around the basket. Like we need that desperately on this team and uh, Miles is great at that. And so he's been a really, really nice player for this team. I think he's been the second best player um, consistently. And on uh, he was on the setting, setting the pace podcast and mentioned doing, he want, his goal was to be 50, 40, 90. And when he first said that, I was like, I didn't know Miles' uh, shooting percentages off the top of my head by any means, but I knew that sounded pretty high, um, but I'm looking at his stats this year. He's shooting 54% from the field, 40% from three-point, and his free throws at 78. So he's got to tick that up a little bit, but, you know, he's sniffing it, and that's insane for your center. Um, and another thing that's great about Miles is this year I drafted him for my fantasy basketball team, and it's – it's uh, He's, he's just great. He's currently the fourth best fantasy basketball player at the center position. And, uh, you know, I got him for a pretty good price, and he's overperforming. And that feels good, too, to, to have uh, Turner do that for me, um, not only as a Pacers fan, but then to, to boost my, my fantasy team. Uh, so thank you, Miles Turner. Thank you being, for being in your prime and being perfectly suited for your role on this team this year. Bruce Brown, um, I've enjoyed the Bruce Brown experience so far. He definitely feels like a stabilizing presence um, on this team, like, especially in the big games, like I think it was the Milwaukee game, so just this last game where the Pacers got up big but then it ended up being tight. I think they actually got down. I think the Bucks took the lead 
and maybe got the Pacers down by like 10 or something in the third. And we start coming back, I believe. I, all I remember is like the stakes were pretty high. This wasn't like two minutes left in the fourth quarter, but it was a pretty big moment in the game. And Bruce Brown, I think the shot clock was kind of running down, and he ISO did like a step back jump shot and made it. And I just felt very like safe knowing that we have a guy like, like okay, Bruce Brown is going to be there at times and, and kind of fill in those gaps, give you, a, give, you a good, give you a good shot when you need it sometimes, Take, find, find a way to get an offensive rebound or a layup or a steal. He just does little things that just feel really good. Um, and so I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of Bruce Brown. I don't know if he's like, so right now he's our starting small forward. We'll wait and see. Like, he's making $22 million this year, which is totally good. And then next year, it's another twenty-two, I believe. And it's a team option. So, I don't know. It'll be... I'm interested in... I love Bruce Brown's fit this year on this team right now. But I am a little... I'm interested in what that is, like, long-term. If, if this maybe is just a one-year thing, a two-year thing, or does he... Is he a part of this team for the next five to seven years? That that's that's the question, um, but we don't have to worry about that right now. We're just we're just playing, we're playing these guys, um, and they're showing us what we got. They're playing it out. Obi Toppin, I mentioned I slandered Obi a little bit right off the start. I, it, the truth is, it's I want to just keep waiting and seeing. Like I I have no problem with Obi starting at this point. I love watching him play. I love this team, this whole team. Um, I haven't been blown away, but I'd like some things. And um, it's just to be determined with Obi. I love the I love the leak out, like fast breaks. Um, the three-point shot, I'd like to see that a little bit more. And just a little bit more like, I feel like defensively and rebounding for your power forward, it just feels a little light. Uh, yeah, it's only nine games, though, and, you know, we're winning. Winning cures all. Let's see. Aaron Neesmith. Aaron Neesmith. Maybe one, may, I mean, maybe I don't have, like, he, he's, he's definitely going to, he's one of those guys, he's probably averaging 11 or 12 points a game. He's in that range of uh, eight and a half to 14. He got a new contract with the Pacers, which I think is a big, that, that says a lot, I think. The fact that the Pacers, you know, we got a lot of guys that don't know where they're gonna be next year, uh, but they made it a point to go ahead and uh, obviously lock up Tyrese long-term and then go ahead and, you know, give, give, it, give it to Aaron Neesmith. For a very, for the way he's playing right now, and, and I don't know how much more of an upside Aaron Neesmith necessarily has to his game, but he's worth $11 million to this team right now. So he signed a three-year, $33 million contract with the Pacers. So that, that means we got him this year and then three more years at $11 million. That feels very reasonable. That feels very much like somebody who's expected to be in the rotation when you're in the playoffs, but not necessarily a starter. And 
uh, you know, and we're just we're, we're buying into Neesmith, which we did when we, you know, we made that Malcolm Brogdon trade and brought in Neesmith. And I'd say it's working out. I mean, I'm going into this season. I didn't think Neesmith would even be in the rotation. I thought it would be Jairus Walker for sure. And uh, I also didn't think Jalen Smith would be in the rotation, but I thought, uh, I don't know, Neesmith's just been really good. And what he brings to this team, the tenacity, the hustle, the toughness. Um, and when he, right now, he's knocking down the three-point shot. He's, uh, he's shoot, currently shooting um, 50% from the three-point line on four and a half attempts a game. So we're not expecting 50%, but can he stay above 40 uh, throughout the season? That's, that's a huge improvement. And that's one of the things, I think that's why Neesmith got drafted in the first place. He was a lottery pick in that Halliburton draft. And he was a knockdown shooter at Vanderbilt, I believe. That was his calling card. And, and, and then with his, his physical tools to play defense, you know, he looked like a, a real good 3 and D guy. And he's starting to play that out this year. For sure. Um, yeah, so hats off to Neesmith. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, uh, awesome start to the season. Buddy, coming off the bench, Buddy feels, Buddy feels good. I, I, was, I was way more interested in the idea of trading Buddy before the season started. And after watching him, uh, you know, coming off the bench, I, uh, I would love to see us be able to work out a deal with Buddy like the same we did with Neesmith. If we, you know, even if it's just a little bit more, maybe it's, could we get Buddy for like three for 45 or two for, I don't know, maybe 30, something like that. If that works financially for us, I would love to see Buddy back. Um, he feels like the vibes on the teams are still, they, they, they seem really good. Outside of some of the stuff I saw with, with Matherin, you know, and obviously Tice, you know, maybe being a little upset about things, but like watching the team and watching, I don't know, just every, like just watching how they're interacting with each other. It just seems like things are pretty high right now. And that was, you know, was Buddy going to be happy with his role? And we don't know if he's necessarily happy with it, but he, he's not, it doesn't feel like he's letting it affect him. And he's, he's balling still. He's, he's, he's just one of the best shooters in the game. He is instant offense he fits this offense perfectly you know um he really does have something special with Tyrese and Buddy's great Buddy's been awesome and uh it's it's been a great experience so far having having Buddy come off the bench I and I, I think that that's there's nothing wrong with that it, our bench is insane I got two more guys uh Jalen Smith it's obviously he's he's played so well these first nine games. Although he's missed two games, um, he's off to a, he's blazing hot with the shot, and we've got to see a little bit of Ijax, who I would say, it, you know, the minutes that we've seen from Ijax, I would say he's he's probably better than he was last year. Um, but Jalen Smith just it, it looks like it's it's not even a debate anymore. On, on who that backup center is. Jalen's played so good, it's like he kind of just took it. And that's kind of what, you know, we have a little bit more invested 
uh, in Jalen Smith. He was a lottery pick, another lottery pick from that Halliburton draft. And uh, yeah, he's he's looked great this year. The, th- the three-point shot, he looks just, I think it's just the way he's playing, but he's playing just way more physical and he's, he's big and athletic and um, he'll bang in there. Uh, he, he's a good shot blocker. Um, he's averaging 12 points and seven rebounds in 17 minutes. There's no question he's, you know, he, he's the best rebounder on the team. And um, he's looked really, really good. Like, it, it, what, what, uh, let me go back up. How many minutes does he get in a game? Like, he's somebody I could see if this isn't fluky. Yeah, he's only he's getting 18 minutes a night. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe his performance goes up a little bit if, if he can get a couple more minutes. Um, but regardless, Jalen Smith's been awesome. And um, the one thing I will say is, you know, he's he plays with a lot of emotion and it's. Uh, he seems kind of like this is something I used to say uh, about Miles Turner where it's like, I feel like a lot of that emotion is wrapped up in the individual performance. And I haven't noticed that from Miles uh, for a while. And um, with Jalen, I think that's that maybe goes on sometimes. Just like, and, and look, I'm, I'm not criticizing. I, I'm just pointing out what I think I'm seeing. That's all. And uh, it, it just feels like sometimes he's so wrapped up in how he's playing that he kind of misses the big picture for the team. Um, but I don't know. That's that maybe is kind of that might be way too critical. Uh, I, I think I may be just thinking of the one example where I think he got in foul trouble and he didn't like the foul and he's kind of I He's, he had to get off the court and he like went into, like he looked like he was going to punch the ref um, and like he just couldn't really calm down. And then he, he ended up going into the tunnel and like, you know, punching something and or, or whatever, throwing something off a, a table. And it's just kind of like, I get it. It's frustrating. Uh, but like the. I don't know, it didn't feel like the level of the game was at a point where like that type of reaction was warranted unless you know you're so you he's been playing so well and he had it going again and to get it to see it get cut short I think he was just really frustrated at that so whatever he's young too and and but that's the thing like um he's not we're not relying on Jalen Smith right now to be our starting center and he has a role off the bench and he's been playing it like a fiddle the dude is a stud and he has high, like he's got high upside. I mean, that athleticism, the, I mean, just the fact that he was a lottery pick, you know, you always like, it's like, there's something there. Teams were willing to, they, there's something. And I feel like we're like, like me, Smith, we're really starting to see it from uh, Jalen Smith. And then the last guy is Andrew Nimhard. Just crafty as can be so shifty with the ball. Um, his ability to, to break guys off the, the dribble, get to a spot, use his body, do a little like bounce dribble backwards to create space. 
and just rise up in that mid-range area and just sink it, sink it, sink it, sink it. It's it's awesome. Like Nis, Nis, or, uh, Nimhard is so good at uh, running an offense, and I love him. I love him when he's in with with Halliburton too. Um, I actually love him with playing with Halliburton more. Um, but I know that for this team, I think right now it's it is best that he does a lot of the lifting by himself when Halliburton's on the bench. But like, this is kind of a half baked idea. But I was watching Nimhard and. I was feeling like he's like a little sponge with Tyrese's game. Like, I feel like he does a lot of the same, like the confidence and the swagger that he handles the ball with. It feels like Tyrese to me in in some ways. And uh, I mean, that's great. Like uh, more Tyrese, the better. Uh, And Nimhard, you know, he's, he's a pretty reliable shooter from three. He seems like to hit, he seems to hit clutch shots. And uh, for being your, you know, your eighth or ninth guy or, or sixth or whatever he is, fifth, that's the thing. It's like you could probably argue, you know, outside of uh, outside of Tyrese, two through nine as far as value to this team or value to the league, like where these guys are. Uh, it, it's just a lot of depth. These are nine really good players. Um, if I had to, I would probably put Toppin as the ninth right now. <laughs> Just taking another shot, I guess. I'm not, I really like Obi Toppin too. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be what I got to say about that. Nine games in. We got Philly tomorrow night and then Philly again on Monday. So that could that could really put us, you know, I, I think ideally you, you split it. You go one and one in Philly. And uh, that would that I think you still feel as good as you do right now if you can get out of Philly with a win. And obviously, if you get both of them, now you're talking. Now you're who got my your head's going to be so big if you sweep Philly. Um who's the number one team in the Eastern Conference right now, uh, record-wise. And and then we'll see. Games are just going to keep on rolling. Hopefully, you know, the Pacers are going to keep on rolling. Uh, hopefully we can improve that defense just a little bit. Um, but the other thing, too, is, like, we play so fast. That's why other teams are scoring a lot of points, too, because they're playing fast with us. Like, we play, like, the pace of the whole game is fast. Um, and I know there's a lot more baked into the defensive numbers than just uh you know defensive points per game allowed or whatever but yeah i don't know i mean you could definitely you'd like to see us be be able to get a few more stops when we need it it feels like teams can go on pretty long runs against us the same way that we can do to them they can be they can do to us so we've seen quite a few like oh we're up by 20 oh no now we're down by 10 oh we're up by 10 um but Sign me up. It's been a blast. I uh, hope you guys are in, uh, enjoying the season and, uh, you know, staying safe out there. And appreciate you checking out the pod. Have a great evening.